There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. If you're looking for a safe and sustainable way to rediscover your city this summer, why not take a tier? Tia's e-scooters are an accessible, affordable and safe alternative to driving or public transport and they're now available in participating London boroughs. I recently took a Tia around town and as the battery range is around 50 kilometres, I went about my way and didn't need to switch scooters or swap the battery once. They also have a wider footplate and the largest front wheel in the industry so you feel really stable. And there's a bonus, Tia's can charge your phone as you go. Tia are leading the way in their industry as the first micro-mobility company to become fully climate neutral. Safety is of paramount importance to them, so alongside the safety features of the scooter, you'll need to take a short training in-app and upload a provisional or full driver's license to take a tier. Download the tier app now and get 50% off day passes to rediscover London. Welcome back to All the Small Things with me, Venetia. Today's episode is actually the season finale, which is bittersweet, I have to say. I love making this podcast, if it's not obvious. I really, really do love it. And this season in particular has just brought me so much. So if you've been listening since the start, thank you so much for being here. And if you're new to the show, welcome. There are so many more episodes for you to dive into. Candice Brathwaite kicked us off at the start of the season to talk about fearless creative output. Michael James Wong spoke about finding peace. Paris Lees came on to chat about her writing process, her incredible memoir and expensive candles. I loved the conversation with Kathy Ray on challenging perceptions of accessibility. Atega Awagba came on to talk about money, class and private school privilege. And then we had Ashley Dotty Charles talking about social media and outrage culture. Tom Rasmussen came on a couple of weeks ago to talk about all things marriage, which is a really, really fascinating conversation. And then last week we had Olympian long jumper Jasmine Sawyers talking about her training regime and talking lots about periods. And today I'm closing the season with one of my favourite people, Rachel Ammer. Rachel Ammer is a vegan cookery author and YouTuber with over half a million subscribers. She spent the past year adjusting to new mum life and also writing her most accessible and delicious book yet, One Pot, Three Ways, Save Time with Vibrant, Versatile Vegan Recipes. The book is really, really, really great and a link to it will be in the show notes. I would absolutely love for you to pre-order this book. You won't be disappointed. Honestly, it is fantastic. The recipes revolve around one main centerpiece dish that makes flavor-packed vegetables the worthy hero of every meal. There are 80 brand new recipes inspired by her Caribbean and African roots, and Rachel offers three creative and flavorsome ways to serve up and use each one-pot recipe. We recorded this episode in person, which was such a blessing. And we discuss her birth story, her really close relationship with her mum, her parenting style, 
thoughts on the vegan community, her ambition to make plant-based food accessible for everyone, and so much more. So I absolutely loved this conversation. I really, really hope you enjoy it. Here is Rachel Ammer on All the Small Things. I had the a choice to make uh, with this interview. Would have been much easier for a multitude of reasons to do it virtually, but there was absolutely no way that I wasn't seeing you in person. Rachel Ammer, welcome to All the Small Things. Ah, thank you for having me. It's so nice to see your face in real life. Okay, fun fact. I stopped over to your house when I was very early pregnant and just laid it all out on you. I was like, surprise! That was the last time I saw you. I was I was completely stunned. It was the last thing I was expecting you to tell me. Yeah. And also because you came in like looking like you always look incredibly healthy and like really well. And you looked like you you weren't really eating. Like I think I cooked for you and you weren't really eating. Yeah. And you lost a lot of weight. Yeah. And then you were like, I'm pregnant. And I was like, oh my gosh, I did not expect this. <laughs> And now, probably about a year and a half later, maybe longer, walk into your amazing, lovely home with the best energy ever and meet the sweetest baby I have ever seen in my life. The prince. <laughs> the prince. I've been sending you pictures this whole lockdown and now you get... He, she got real life cuddles, everybody. Real I did. life cuddles. I didn't want to let him go. <laughs> Um, he's just so lovely. So Rach, let us start as we always do. I'd love to hear if you have some kind of morning routine, especially now you're a mother. I have a morning routine and I never used to, but I have to now because it's my sanity moment in the day. So in the morning, Prince wakes me up. Um, I change a nappy. I then take Prince and I downstairs and I make my cup of tea. And my cup of tea is my safe haven sanctuary. So I set him up downstairs in the kitchen on a little toy, make my cup of tea, have my toast, peanut butter, and I sit there and I enjoy my cup of tea until it is completely finished. And then I have to get on with life responsibilities and the rest of the life. So after that, I basically feed him, put him to sleep, then figure out what I have to do for the rest of the day. He, um, <laughs> he he doesn't give you the most restful night sleeps, does he? No. He's up quite a lot. So he is up every two or three hours and has been that way since he arrived last year. <laughs> so I'm nearly entering a year of intermittent sleep. Can I hear about... I'd actually love to hear about, and obviously only what you're willing to share, um, the birth, because I know he was born in this house. Yes, he was. Uh, and what it was like giving birth to a baby in like during a global pandemic. You want to know. You really I want really to know. want to know. Really? Yeah. yeah, genuinely. But I could ra- like ramble too much because there's just so much. <laughs> <laughs> Give it to me. I'd love to hear. Okay, so the birth story. So I always said he's not coming late because I think they expect um, first time the baby to come a week or two past the due date. But I decided, just like the gender, I knew that he, I knew his gender before we checked. I knew it was a boy and I knew he wasn't coming late. And I pushed for a home birth. It wasn't allowed in the pandemic, but I'd asked and I'd begged and begged and said, I'm having a home birth. 
because it's what I wanted. It's my mum had me in this house. I knew that's what I wanted. And in a pandemic, having going through childbirth, you're only allowed one person. You have to wear masks at certain times. It's just a very difficult environment to feel safe, protected, and just okay in. And I knew my mum, who is my superhero, she had to be there, but I can't be like, hey, I know it's your son, but can you just step out so my mum can be here? I was like, I need, both of you need to be there. So I um, I pushed for it and I got my home birth. So it's the due date. No, it ha- we didn't even get to the due date. Two days, three days before the due date, I had my Braxton Hicks up all night. I was like, something's happening. Lost my mucus plug. I don't know how much. Lost the mucus plug. Yeah, I've been hearing about this. No, this is great. Let's talk about it. Lost my mucus plug. Just looks like snot as (laughs) How much is there? Is there a lot? No, there's like that much. Okay. How how would I describe that? So you describe that as like a smaller than the chocolate coin you get in Starbucks. Yes. Yeah. There's the mucus plug. And I was up all night because it it wasn't pleasant. And then I woke up. Well, I didn't wake up. I was ravishing. So I messaged my mum at like... 7am because I was like this is a reasonable hour she might be up now I said mum I am starving and I was just insanely hungry I was like I need a vegan fry up she rushed to Sainsbury's got me some vegan sausages the whole week fry up and made me a feast and I sat there and I ate it and then she told me I had a dream that you gave birth last night and I was like no way and then my son's other grandma also had a very similar dream which was really weird so the day went on and I was the contraction stopped and I was just walking around. I hadn't slept and I was like, I, I've started, I'm ready to go, I'm ready to go. So I walked through parks. I just, I was just on a mission of keep the body moving and everything slowed down. And then it got to 11 o'clock at night, just when I was like, okay, let me try and get some sleep. And boom, <laughs> baby's like, I'm ready. <laughs> So I got my contractions, I had my little app and I was like monitoring them and then it got to three minutes apart and they were painful and I was like, okay, let's call the midwife. Called the midwife, the midwife said, you don't sound like you're in enough pain, uh, call me back in an hour. And I was sitting there with my mum like, no way, did they just say, I sound like I'm not in enough pain. So I waited because either way, he's going to come when he comes. So I waited like half an hour, but I was in so much pain. And I said, mum, call them and say, come now. They came an hour after that. I dilated enough that I was in labor. So they were like, okay, well, let's stay then. And I was like, well, I did tell you, but we'll just continue. And um, they gave me the gas and air, um, which was really nice at first for the first few hours. And then it broke. So... <laughs> But I was pretending in my head it didn't break. It was like there was nothing coming out of it, but there was no other solution. So almost to my own like placebo, placebo, placebo. I always say it wrong. People placebo, placebo, placebo effect for myself. I pretended it was working, even though it really wasn't. Um, And I just had a really slow dilation from there. Um, Oh, really fun fact. If you're having a home birth, and I, I didn't, my birthing pool didn't come in time, so it was just me. Go in the shower. It is the most incredible natural pain relief. My mum said, make sure just get in the shower because you're tired. Go in the shower. Cold, uh, hot water, warm water. Warm. Warm. And honestly, I was like, wow. 
And my mum said, this is, a th- and it's a thing and no one told me. And it literally took the pain away. It also slowed me down a little bit, but the pain went away for a bit, got back, a couple more hours went by. It was a slow dilation, but the baby was fine. They checked the heartbeat. I was in pain. I had Neo Soul in the background. I had incense. Daylight had come. Um, the windows are wide open and I'm in the loft. So I've got like the views of like the parks, <laughs> like I can hear the birds. <laughs> It's just like Neo Soul. I have video videos of it as well. And um, then the midwives that had come, their shift was over, but they didn't want to leave. They enjoyed it so much. They said, we're staying. So then I had another two midwives in my house. So there was four and they stayed. And then eventually it came to push time. And I think that was a total from when I was in active labor, like, for 12 hours and I'm and and he came <laughs> wow yeah wow. and it was like it's I'm, also vivid to you yeah and because of the video footage I have there's so much I forgot because you're you're in another I was in another place and you can see that in the video because I'm in pain but I'm just managing it mm. and I'm in a I'm somewhere else <laughs> completely I feel like we know each other really quite well but we've actually only spent time in person like probably like five to ten times like not many and I remember one we had a long conversation on a bus like on a coach once (laughs) and I remember we were talking like in quite a lot of depth and I felt like you were like in I feel like you were trying to figure stuff out and I felt like you thought that there was something missing and now I see you with the prince and I'm like it's complete really yeah that is so sweet I just felt like he 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 was just he's just this I'm like he's always been there yeah oh that's really melted my heart (laughs) how have you found motherhood because to me you just seem like yeah like complete like it's it's just so natural to you I think it's so like cringy but it it honestly for me felt like the most easy and natural thing to do in terms of it is really difficult I am I was absolutely exhausted he was colicky he did not sleep in the beginning it was crazy what's colic colic again colic is such a vague term it just meant in my experience he when he was in my stomach my my body did everything for him he's come out and he has no idea how to poo and he has no idea how to fart and he doesn't know how to burp right so every time he wants to do those things he would cry and be fussy, and I was doing reflexology. I learned how to make him poo by rubbing his stomach. Um, yeah, we called it poo reiki. I did it, I showed people. I was like, watch this. It was like a little party trick, and then <laughs> he would poo. <laughs> it was brilliant. Because we're so in tune. Even, I didn't even tell you, so that part of my birth story was the, the, the good stuff. Where it went a bit wrong is I had stitching, and I had to go to the hospital, and they didn't know how deep my stitching was. They said, we're just going to put you in theatre and give you the epidural. And I said, I just did the home birth because I didn't want that. And I spent a couple hours fighting for to get a doctor to actually tell me how far I, my stitches were before agreeing to it. So I spent a lot of hours hungry, tired, waiting in the hospital because I kept saying, can you confirm how deep my stitches are before you put me in theatre? Eventually, after a couple hours, um, after seeing one doctor and another doctor and another doctor, they checked and they said, okay, you don't need to go in theatre, you can go in local anaesthetic. 
aesthetic. So I said, yes, please. That's <laughs> yes, please. They stitched me up and you can still kind of feel it. And what happened is when I was there, anytime they went into a area that didn't have the local anesthetic, my little baby boy cried. So I swear to you, I was like, this is insane. And like, I didn't react like by doing any movement, any noise, but every time he squealed and my heart was like, oh my God, because <laughs> you're, you're just so in tune. Um, wow. So motherhood felt like it's hard, it's tiring, exhausting, but giving my love and support and nurturing was the easiest option. Like it, it just felt completely normal. And it's because of the incredible relationship I have with my mum that it gave me an insane confidence that I, I can do, like I never doubted my ability to nurture because I grew up in such a nurturing environment from my mum. Can we talk more about your mum? <laughs> because honestly, she just, she just seems like she is so present in his life. Yeah. And has had such an impact on you. Yeah. How is it? Do you feel like you've been, you know, doing this really together and like, yeah. Yeah. She, um, in the video of the birth, it's so funny because they bring him out and then pass him to me and my mum's behind me and my mum's face lit up like Christmas morning. <laughs> like she looked more excited than everyone. <laughs> she was like, ah! and, um, from that moment, she's just been, she, she, their relationship to watch is insanely beautiful. Like, and, and it's my mum, so I trust her with everything. And I just get to see, she's, she helped me. So when I was a kid, I was, I was a giggler. Like I had a million different laughs. And I was like, when I have a baby one day, it's going to be a giggler. And I remember the first time my mum made him giggle. She, he was such a newborn and she did this little avocado thing. And that giggle that I had as a baby just came out roaring. And he's like this little giggler. And he, he's so happy and so content because he just, he's just loved. And my, my mum, it's like an, you unconsciously learn how to mother through your mum if you've had that positive role model in your life. And it's one of the best things. If, if you are in a position where you're having a new baby and you're close with your mum, to do that in the same house environment is priceless. <laughs> it also seems like she's instilled a real sense of strength in you because you know, what you just talked about when you were at the hospital, having to like really push to have a proper, to have, to have a doctor look at you properly. Like that takes a lot of strength. Yeah. Um, especially as a black woman, I think, because I had, yeah. I've had Candice Brathwaite on the podcast uh, in this series and the kind of facts and figures around black mothers in the yeah. UK when it comes to motherhood, they're, they're not great. No. It's, ter it's it's such a shame. And, and that's why I also pushed for the home birth. And actually, when I was in the hospital, after all of that happened, I was left alone with my baby because they, they said to me, after I got my stitches, I could go back home. And once I got my stitches, they said, well, we actually need to do some more examinations. Um, you have to stay overnight. And I said, I had a home birth to be at home. <laughs> this isn't, I didn't sign up to stay overnight. I didn't bring an overnight bag they said to me in the ambulance that I could come back home 
And um, so I was there with my newborn baby. I hadn't slept in two days. I hadn't had any food. He had a checkup in the hospital. Everything checked out fine. But they said they wanted to check my blood for iron. And I ended up staying there, even though I was begging to go home. I said, I haven't eaten. I'm hungry. They said, what do you eat? I said, well, I'm vegan. So they gave me a tuna sandwich, which I didn't eat because I don't eat tuna. And I... I walked up and down begging saying I want to go home and I said I will discharge myself they gave me the risk of discharging myself I said absolutely fine I'll take them all on but I'm going home and they wouldn't let me go home so I was in this like panic state but wide awake because I'm like adrenaline rush of protecting my baby and being really confused why I can't just go home I checked out fine I had a safe home birth I called my mum um, I was like, mum, just come and just come. So hours later, my mum got there. She came and saw me. She, We laugh at it now because I was sitting on the end of the bed with my bag and my baby, like I hadn't settled in at all. I was like, mission, I'm going home. <laughs> and then um, they didn't let me go home. And then they did a test and they said that my son had jaundice. And they said, oh, he's where he is in his jaundice, we need to take him for immediate treatment, um, that the light treatment. And by then, because my mum was there, I just knocked out because like my, my safety had arrived. My other hero, the person who's going to protect me, arrived. And they started him on the treatment and my mum just felt like it wasn't right. And then they immediately rushed it away and said, oh, we made a mistake. He's not actually jaundiced. Oh. So then I didn't actually end up going home till 7 a.m. the next day. And I hadn't eaten I'd had awful treatment. I'd been refused to go home when I'd asked and begged and said I would take it on. So it basically what I'm trying to say is I had the amazing home birth, but unfortunately it then took a turn when my rights were basically taken away from me. Um, and, that, and that gave a trauma to something in, in the home birth, which was quite unfortunate. My most frequently asked question on social media is easily, where do I buy sustainable underwear? And I totally get it. As much as I try to prioritize secondhand clothing first, I draw a line at pre-loved panties. This is where Stripe and Stare come in. They are the sustainable British brand who are behind the movement to make the underwear industry more environmentally friendly, as currently only 3% of the market is sustainably sourced. I am completely obsessed with their knickers. They're easily the comfiest pants I've ever worn. They're made using a sustainably and renewably sourced tree fibre, which is a production process that uses 95% less water than cotton. What's more, they're super transparent about their supply chains, having produced in one factory in China with the same team for over 15 years. All of their employees earn over the fair living wage and are treated equally and fairly. I am a little bit obsessed with Stripe and Stare panties and would love for you to try them for yourselves. I have an exclusive discount code for listeners. Just head to their website, which is stripeandstare.com and use the code SMALLTHINGS20 for 20% off. That's stripeandstare.com and code SMALLTHINGS20. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. I, I've heard you talking about uh, just this morning, just when I arrived, co-sleeping together. Um, what kind of approach do you do you take to, to motherhood? And tell me about co-sleeping and some of the things that, you know, seem probably a little bit like not like standard pr- practice, mm. but are actually probably incredibly natural. Yeah, I think I'm a very go with the flow, go with what feels right. And co-sleeping just felt really instinctual. Like I we kind I tried in the beginning to have him separate, but it didn't make sense. He was used to me as his home. He he could smell me. That's where he felt safe. Why would I in my head I didn't want to take that away because it worked both ways and in the breastfeeding and everything we've been doing is his whole immune system is functioning based on the milk that he's getting from me and the way that I live and my energy and if I'm stressed and everything is flowing through to my little baby and I am his little safe haven so everything I do is in mindfulness of that to give him the best that I think I can give so we co-sleep. I don't force anything. Like I give him bits of food. He takes what he wants. I let him explore. I'm, I think a lot of parenting through an adult's perception of someone who's like had therapy and understanding is sometimes there can be this need to control your child. And I've always been really grateful that my mum has always chosen to nurture first. And as a result, I've been able to be a career woman that can just go for what I want and dream big and push hard because she's always nurtured the, what do you want to do? Okay, less support. How can I help you? How can I help you get to this? How can I help you learn this? And then that's what I'd like to do with my son. It's just not trying to control what he can and can't do. It's just to nurture his abilities and give him that strength. I also have loved I like I'm we're friends but I'm also a fan and <laughs> I've loved kind of watching you watching you navigate this new part of your life and this new territory online and I'm interested to hear more about that because obviously you know a, a, a part of your business is online mm. um you you're on YouTube you you do vlogs you you share aspects of your life how has having a baby kind of altered perhaps your thoughts on on sharing 
yeah personal aspects of your life online it's quite hard I'm still trying to find what the balance is because part of the relationship you have with the people is because they know things about you that's where you create the bonds and the relatabilities and you you feel heard you feel seen through other people and it's relatable and I haven't shared much because I'm trying to figure out how I feel about things before <laughs> I put them on a platform for someone else to tell me how they think about my thing. Right. Yeah. So um, one thing I just don't do is I don't, I don't show his face. And I just, for me, I have a lot of eyes on me and he hasn't asked for that. And I, I just want to protect him and I don't want to put him out there. If one day he decides he wants to do that, that's, that's his prerogative, Brittany. But... <laughs> Um, but sharing my birth story to me is something that is actually really helpful because in a lot of ways in my story, I had to stand up for myself, even in exhaustion and and the power of that, because I know a lot of people wouldn't, and sometimes you, you have to. Um, so I'm, I'm trying to figure out and navigate what I'm willing to share and what I want to keep as me figuring out for me and only me. Um, cause it's mucky waters isn't it absolutely and I think you know there's a lot of gray area and what right might be right for someone might not be right for you and like that's okay and absolutely um, yeah I just I mean I have like the utmost respect for you because I just I think it's so refreshing to hear someone say I don't know I'm figuring it out (laughs) and that's so nice um Rach in amongst giving birth to one of well probably the sweetest child I've ever seen in my life let's be real um you've also given birth to a brand new book, One Pot, Three Ways. Holy shit. <laughs> I went through, I was sent a cheeky PDF copy <laughs> by your publishers. You've put so much work into this. Yeah. Like, it's no joke. It's not just like a collection of nice recipes. It is so much more than that. Thank you. Can we talk about it? Yeah. It- and I'm going <laughs> to flick through it because like, this is the first time I've seen the hard copy. So when I was creating this book (laughs) in my new method, it was really addressing that busy person wanting to do vegan food and enjoy flavorful food. And how myself, how I found myself in an easy way of eating and living this lifestyle was having these centerpiece meals that I make in bulk and I just roll them out over the next couple of days. It was so simple to me and it's what I did. I think because before you had your meat plate and meat was the focus, right? Before you, well, before I went vegan. And then you just picked up a bit of veg around that and a little bit of carb around that. And I was like, okay, what if I just get rid of that meat little bit centerpiece and make a vegan one? And then you can add your little other bit of veg to it. And that was just how I ate and that's how I saved time and kept the flavors so I just turned it into a book which was one pot three ways make a big pot of delicious vegan food and I'll show you how to make enough that you can roll it out for the next couple days it's just so clever it's so clever and also it doesn't make because it's kind of like batch cooking yeah but but it's way more exciting and it's way more appealing yeah like I think sometimes leftovers can feel a bit like oh like yesterday's food but you're actually creating like a whole new recipe for day two um it's exactly. just it's just so clever thank you and I also feel like because some you make a whole new recipe for day two and maybe day three but also sometimes you really loved what you just ate and you just want to eat it the same way for a couple of days so there is that option too <laughs> totally it's um also the food just looks so 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 beautiful 
although the end product looks so so stunning in order to get there it's actually not that complicated it's not that complicated and that I wanted it to be like that I wanted them to be strong flavor strong spices strong pastes but it's not too far from home. It's not too far from popping to your local supermarket and just getting a few items and making a big, delicious, colourful plate of food. So tell me more about how it's been doing this alongside having this new wonderful being next to you and what that process has been like. Like I'm assuming being a working mum is no joke. Mm, Yeah, no joke. (laughs) My mum has held me down. She has been, she she has her own businesses and her own work, but because of what happened, she, she has gift shops and she had to close them, which meant for me, luckily, <laughs> she was at home. <laughs> Amazing. So she could help me. So it was really just, um, you're just on adrenaline, really. Your work, your, the first the first person you think about is your baby. So you do everything through the baby. And then it's like, okay, I have a minute to myself. And in that minute to myself, I just put it in working. And um, I, I look back now and I don't know how I did that. I genuinely am like, what was, what? <laughs> but apparently I did it because I have a whole new book that I'm so proud of. Um, it's really hard trying to find balance. I'm still trying to find balance today. I'm still trying to pick days where I just be a mum. I'm not working too. And that is my goal because my mum had her own business and it meant that she could have time with me and my brother. And I want to do that with my son. I want to be able to be present in his life. I, it's funny, like he's been on set with me. He's been on shoot and he comes with my mum, So he's always with me and my mum, and then on, on set and then at a shoot. And it's when we were shooting the book, I set up a whole like playpen for him and he, he was there with us and he is a little ray of sunshine and he makes other people feel happier than you've got him giggling in the background. So that's why this book also just feels so much of my heart because the whole process he was right by my side Mm. and the other pro about writing this kind of book is that I always had really delicious food at home which was so refreshing because it's stressful you're working but then it's like well I've got all this food that I just get to eat and it made my mum happy it was almost like a trade-off like you're holding my son right now and guess what you're gonna get a feast after (laughs) I get sent I'm very fortunate I get sent quite a lot of vegan vegan especially but cookbooks and vegan cookbooks and honestly this just seems like it's doing something completely different and your food just looks so every recipe I was like I'd want to make that I'd want to make that I'd want to make that would I make that yes (laughs) just so delicious so you've been vegan for about five or six years now and I'm interested to hear about how you keep things fresh and exciting for, for yourself in mm-hmm. terms of what you're eating, but also like how you feel more widely perhaps about the vegan community, because I feel like a lot has changed, right? Like haven't, I haven't said this publicly anywhere, but I've like moved away from the vegan label now I call myself plant-based. So yeah, talk to me about, we can, we can t- tackle food first or community first, whichever you prefer. <laughs> I know they're very different questions. Uh, community. I felt like I was never that in it. Right. Um, because I always felt like an outsider anyway. So I was very white. That too. Yeah. Yeah. It was almost like 
just for me, I, I had I had friends and I was never going to disbar them for not being vegan. And then I made new friends like you, but I didn't make friends because of a vegan community. I just went around and found really great people like yourself that I really just like. And honestly, the vegan community always kind of scared me. And I just, it was just never something I really... There was just, there's a, there's a lot, there's, it's just, there's a lot there. <laughs> I just don't, I don't want to like, it's, it's just a lot. There's a lot there and it just never felt like a, a place for me. So I just kind of stayed where I was staying and met great people along the way and stayed in touch with the people that I really liked. Um, so that's, that's that. <laughs> Maybe that's all we should say on that. <laughs> um, but it's interesting that you've, feel that way that's funny yeah I mean I just felt I've just felt like I I hate how there's a certain a small percentage of vegans Mm. who put animal liberation above everything (laughs) and and I and, and in another way I feel like the vegan movement has you know like everything been hijacked by capitalism and yeah suddenly it wasn't about eating lovely local plants and actually fairly affordable food it was about like ridiculous expensive meat substitutes and and how can we make a quick buck really like there's loads of reasons yeah all Um, of those reign true and I think in what I do and what I love to share and what I love to talk about is the cultures and places and communities that just eat plant-based for that fresh produce for eating healthier foods and revitalizing their bodies to be healthy without it being a kind of shouting match yeah I just that's what I like and that's what I like to bring forward when I look back at my own roots and I look back at different countries and different foods and ways people cook and I just I find it so fascinating and I just love sharing food stories and hearing about food stories from people and even people who are relearning things today like myself when I was relearning things that's what is interesting to me and that kind of scene as you described where it was going didn't feel like an interest to me or where I want to be so what are your kind of I'd love to hear a bit about your kind of hopes and aspirations for this book and also, yeah, your kind of, I guess your career aspirations as well. Yeah, I mean, there's so much I want to do. Sometimes I think I'm crazy myself. Because <laughs> how are you going to find the time, Rachel? I, I just want to implement real change. Like, I love the fact that I started on YouTube and I've helped people find delicious, healthy, nutritious vegan food and not feel like there needs to be meat in it they found carrot they can cook caribbean food at their home for their aunties and uncles and they don't have to put meat in it because they still have flavors things like that i love that i've been able to do that but i really want to do more and i really want to help communities have more access and education around what we eat and what that does to our bodies and i think that was part of my frustration sometimes i would be at events where i'd be the only black person there and there's like a shouting match for pushing we should be vegan we should only be vegan and anyone who's not doing that is an awful person right and it used to really frustrate me because I would just be thinking about communities that I've seen or that I know or friends or family and it's not that black and white it's not that simple you're actually ignoring a bunch of voices 
in communities that are in an area where all there is is the chicken shop, all there is is fried foods. It's so deep embedded into our roots in a lot of communities from the slave trade that it is not as simple as that. Sometimes the priority is working enough so that there's enough money to put your lights on, to have the heating, to have clean water, and the food hasn't come there first. One, because it's not accessible, and also because there hasn't been the right education in what the food is doing to our bodies. And that's where the work needs to be done so that people have more access to this information, has more access to fresh fruit, fresh produce, instead of the 99p chicken wings and chips and all things like that. So that's where I also got frustrated and I didn't like being there. And that's where I want to implement more change. I want to help more young people find find food and mm. learn how to cook with plants and it be delicious and tasty and nutritious. And that's what cools my heart. Yeah. I'm excited to watch you do that. I'm, I'm trying. <laughs> that's really, really wonderful. Yeah. Are you, and I'm assuming the prince has been a real catalyst for that as well, right? Because I, yeah. I've I've wanted to do it before, but even more so when he's in systems, when he's in schools, if he's here and he's there, it's the younger generation. And they are way more knowledgeable than my generation was in school about where your food comes from and how it affects the environment. But there needs to be a leader. And I, I, I explained it to someone the other day. I was like, you know what Jamie Oliver did when we were in school and he tried to implement healthy meals? I, I loved that as a kid. I'm trying to be the black woman doing it in a vegan way for the younger generation now. And that's my goal. I don't know how it's going to play out, but that's what I'm really focused on. I love that. Thanks. That's so great. That's so great. <laughs> Quick fire with Rachel. Okay. Wake up early or have a lion? Lion, because I have not had that in ages. <laughs> Breakfast, lunch or dinner? Dinner. Tea or coffee? Tea. Cooking or eating? Eating. Olive oil or coconut oil? Olive oil. Scotch bonnet or garlic? Scotch bonnet. Lemons or limes? Limes. Singing or dancing? Dancing. Marvin Gaye or Aretha Franklin? <laughs> Marvin Gaye. Mary J. Blige or Tony Braxton? Mary J. Blige. Janet Jackson or Whitney Houston? Janet Jackson. Aaliyah or Lauren Hill? Oh, mate. <laughs> they have their different purposes in my life. Um, for Zion, I'll say Lauren Hill. On Vogue or TLC? Uh, TLC. Sunrise or sunset? Sunset. Baths or showers? Showers. Routine or spontaneity? Spontaneity. <laughs> Honestly, one of the fastest quick fires I've ever done. Final questions. What is one non-negotiable daily self-care habit that you must do on the daily? I have my cup of tea. My yep. one cup of tea a day. If I don't have that, I am not happy. If I wake up, go downstairs and there's no tea bags. <sighs> are you still on the oat milk or you just, have you switched milk? So I you, haven't. You're still oat milk. Yeah. You're an oat milk girl. Yeah, me and, t- me and you both. Uh, which one artist or song are you currently obsessing over and would love to recommend? Alternatively, we can talk about your brother and recommend his film. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's do that. No, I'm going to give you two. Okay, so Phil, my brother, just wrote and directed his first feature film. It is on Netflix. It's called His House. It's a horror film with a bit of a twist. I recommend watching it music-wise because I was there when this song was made and it makes my heart emotional while I was pregnant. It's called Lost 
and it's produced by Swindle. Swindle, Loyal Kana, and Koji Radical. Go listen to it. Put it on repeat. And there's two. Amazing recommendations. Obsessed with your brother's film. <laughs> really? So good. Oh, thank you. So scary. Yeah. But so good oh amazing i'll tell him that what a talented bunch you are um if you could advise listeners to do or try one thing today to help them find joy what would it be i uh little sims gifted me a book called all about love by bell hooks um go read that i love love i'm a hopeless romantic i love love in all aspects of love and um that book is is amazing Love that it was gifted to you by Little Sims. Yeah. <laughs> so fucking cool. And finally, what is one thing you hope your older self will have achieved? What I've said today and just like motherhood and home and light and it sounds so cru- um, corny, but like good energy and just like peace and contentment beautiful <laughs> Rach you you've you I think you're one of my most interviewed people ever apart from like back in the day when I worked in tv and Connor Maynard wasn't every week <laughs> <laughs> and I'm so grateful for you and thank you for being so like open and honest with us in thank this conversation you. I really appreciate it and everyone pre-ordered this book it's so fucking great <laughs> yes Venetia also thank you I just want to tell the people right when I met Venetia on a coach we talked nonstop and then spent the weekend just talking. This is why she's one of my favorite people. It was an instant, it was an instant connection, as they say in Love Island. <laughs> instant my type on paper. <laughs> so thank you for having me. Yay. Thanks so much for listening to this conversation. If you enjoyed this episode or any of the episodes from this season, I would be super grateful if you would just take a couple of seconds to leave the show five stars on iTunes. It honestly makes the biggest difference and would mean the world to me. And I wanted to actually close this episode with a message from one of my lovely listeners. This comes from Evelyn and they said... Hi, Venetia. I'm sure you've received a ton of these DMs, but I wanted to say a huge thank you for doing such an amazing job with all the small things. It has by far been my favourite podcast recently, and I've loved every single episode and taken something away from each one. You have incredible guests, and I wanted to thank you for speaking on such important topics. I also wanted to recommend a book to you that I thought your audience would like as well, called Honey Bee by Craig Sylvie. It's about a transgender teenager living in Australia, and it's incredibly moving. Anyway, apologies for the ramble, but just thank you for always inspiring me to be and do better. And I'm going to miss listening to ATST each week. Lots of love. Well, thank you so much, Evelyn, for sending such a lovely message. And to be honest, I think it's actually the listeners that I should be thanking for this series. You make it possible for me to make the series every week. And it is honestly such a joy. I learned so much from it. And in these times, this period of change that I think a lot of us are in, I personally feel like I'm going through a bit of a transitional phase at the moment. It is such a welcome constant in my life and I'm really glad you find it inspiring. I find my guests unbelievably inspiring. My hope from these episodes is that they're just here for you in moments when you want to have some company, perhaps when you want to feel comforted or even perhaps when you want to question something or have an idea 
fire sparked in you. It's just basically a joy to be able to keep you company. And I am very, very grateful to have you here. Sending you loads and loads of love. And remember to appreciate all the small things. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.